Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and most importantly, share Worship Weekly with someone else. This week, Reverend Jackson teaches the Bible on booze, starting with 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 23. Music is the Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir singing Majesty. I want to talk to you today on the Bible on booze. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 23, it says, Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for the stomach's sake. And I often affirm this. Heavenly Father, that's what I speak to people today on radio on booze. I ask God that you be burning the hearts of the people that listen to it. I'd ask that you might just take this message and anoint it. And Father, I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' sweet name we ask this. Amen. This is Brother Jackson. Road Gully Road, Pine Mill First Faith Baptist Church. I'll talk to you today about the Bible on booze. The Bible's got a lot to say about booze. I won't have the opportunity to uh, read all these scriptures, but I'm going to give you a lot of scripture. I want you to read them. Take your time to read them when you get through with the message. Who are the few of the verses in the Bible on intoxicating liquor? Let every Christian learn them and eat them. Let every parent and teacher teach them diligently to the young. Let every preacher preach those scriptures with holy boldness. Do not be afraid of the wicked who may accuse you of being a political preacher. Preachers and prophets of the Bible, 
preached against liquor. The Bible is against booze. And honest preachers ought to preach it all. Amen and amen and amen. Number one, liquor and its agents are deceitful. Proverbs 20 and 1. Alexander the Great died an alcoholic. Edgar Allan Poker died an alcoholic. Hank Williams Sr. died in the backseat of his automobile, an alcoholic. Dean Martin died an alcoholic. Noah, Genesis 9:24, died an alcoholic. Lot, Genesis 19, 33-35, died an alcoholic. Jack Lemons died an alcoholic. You need to take heed. Drunkenness leads to poverty and rags in Proverbs 23, 20, and 21. Leads to poverty and rags. Third, liquor brings woe, sorrow, contentions, babbling, wounds, and inflamed eyes, says God's word in Proverbs 23, 29, and 30. Wine at first pleasing in the end. It is as poisonous as a rattlesnake, Proverbs 23, 31 and 32. Liquor inflames lust, deadens judgment, and enslaves the will, in Proverbs 23, 33 and 35. The drunkard is dangerous to himself as well as to others, in Proverbs 26, 9. You can't hardly hear the news on the radio or television where some drunkard hit somebody head on in a car. And killed somebody. They got out and walked away and went to pen or prison or jail. Some of them got turned loose and goes back in and kills some more by drinking. It's, it's bad. It's dangerous. A lot of them down there on liquor corrupts courts and governments bringing national destruction. Proverbs 31, 4, and 5. Isaiah 5, verse 22 to 24. If you look at it, liquor corrupts it, counts and courts and governments. Our country today is in a mess of the, because of the drunkards up in Washington, D.C. Every one of them that I know of, that you hear of, they talk about drink. A lot of them drank on Fox News which is, I think, a good news broadcasting company on television. But Hannity tells you that he drinks. Uh, Mayor uh, Ingram, uh, Laura Ingram drinks. And that, uh, now whether they get intoxicated, I don't know. But they drink. You, you know, that's not a good thing to drink. And what you're teaching your children when you drink, you're teaching them that liquor just fine. Liquor makes men forget God. In Isaiah 5, 11 and 12, they make, they make up men forget God. I've seen a lot of men in my lifetime that I've seen a lot of drunks. And they forget God. They don't know nothing about God. But I can tell you one thing you can do. You can start reading that Bible and tell them about Jesus. I guarantee it won't be long. 
they tell me, put that bottle down. I get people to come to my house, Mexicans, friends of mine that's been friends for several years that lives close to me, and they help me out because I'm crippled. And I want you to know that one of them used to come there drinking all the time. You could tell he was half drunk. I'm like, yeah, and I got on to him. I told him I was a minister, and I didn't allow drinking on my property, and I wish they'd leave it in the truck or the car, whatever's in. Don't bring it out, because I don't want to see it. Don't want to hear nothing about it. I've seen too much of it when I was in the car business, and I've seen a lot more of it since I've been in the ministry. Good, supposed to be godly, godly Christians, get hooked on it, can't put it down. Number nine, the curse of God is on a drunkard. In Isaiah 28, 1 to 3, read it. Read these scriptures I'm giving you. I don't have time to read them here as I'm preaching today. The tenth thing, the curse of God, is on every man, every business, every government that gives or sells booze. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 15, 16, where it says, don't give our neighbor a drink. And brother, I'm telling you that, Jay. I wouldn't buy nobody a drink. Listen, if somebody needs something to eat, I might buy them a breakfast or a dinner or supper. Uh, hardly ever give people money because they don't spend it on what they won't ask for. A lot of them ask you to give them a few dollars where they can get them something to eat, and I watch them. And they don't go to the place where they eat. They go to the booth joint with your money. So I quit that. I either buy them a lunch, buy them breakfast, or something like that. I just don't hand that money just to anybody. Now, I've done a lot of it in my ministry. I've tried to help a lot of people with giving them money. But it don't, uh, you know, our country's in a mess right now because of booze. God don't like that kind of stuff. And the curse of God is on every man. And our government, the businesses that say, give or sell booze. We don't need that. Number 11, modern drinking leads to drunkenness, nakedness, and a curse on the drunkard's children. Genesis 9, 20 to 25. Read that and see what it says. About Noah's family, I want you to know this. When I was in the car business, I dealt with a lot of drunkards. You couldn't help them. You tried to get them to do something for you and then do it whatever wasn't drunk, but when they get a little money, they get drunk. You couldn't get it. I knew men, daddies, sell their kids for a bottle of whiskey. You could sleep with their little girl, the 16, 17-year-old daughter, and it wouldn't make no difference. One of them said the daughter looked like Marilyn Monroe. I didn't think she did, and she died an awful, awful death when she died. But I want you to know, brothers, she hated her life. She was married to a good man. Man tried to help her, but he couldn't help her. She just fought him and fought him and fought him until he finally had to get a divorce, and she died in bed. And I want you to know that she had an awful death. I've seen, I've been to hospitals where doctors asked me that knew me in El Dorado, Arkansas when I was passing a big church there in Junction City, Bible Baptist Church, they knew me and they said, stop me in the hallway. Brother Jackson, there's a young lady that tried to kill herself because her boyfriend left her. And she's, I don't know if she's gonna make it or not, we got her 
in an oxygen tent, give her some shots. Would you go in there and pray for her? And I went in there and seen a beautiful young woman in an oxygen tent. And I opened the tent up and took her by the hand and prayed for her. Don't know if she ever made it or not. Well, I've seen so much of it. I know a little girl that um, tried to kill herself. She was a 16-year-old, beautiful young girl that went to our church. Her daddy fooled with her when she was taking a shower. And he was a little fella, and he was a nice, nice man, but he was an alcoholic. As far as I know, he's still drinking today. After 40 years, back when I passed him years ago. But I want you to know, brother and sister in Christ, he used to beat his wife, and then he messed with his little girl. His little girl run off and got married. Then he got drunk, was going to shoot the old boy. And his wife called me up, and at 12 o'clock at night, I had to go with him in the motel room, stop him from killing that man, try to get him together. And they got together. Did you know that girl told me years later, when they got a divorce, that that boy, she said, I thought I could get him to stop drinking and smoking and stuff. But Brother Jackson, he got me to smoking and drinking. I couldn't take it anymore. For as I know, she still smokes. I don't know if she's drinking, but she's got a nice young man now. And I don't think she's drinking now. Twelve, drunkenness leads to adultery, incest, and illegitimate children. Genesis 19, 30, and 36. And I want you to know that's not very, not a pretty sight. Men get drunk and they run around on their wives. Women get drunk and run around on their husbands. I know one woman that went to church with us in Junction City, Arkansas, that's sleeping with five different men, plus her husband, and bragging about it. I know some that's went out and messed up and come talk to him and I counsel with him, prayed with him, and begged him to stay together. I know another man, he's dead today, got run over a big truck, in his truck with another man. And he messed with his daughter, grand, wasn't his real daughter, his stepdaughter. She was married before him, she had a daughter, and had on the floor playing, and he messed with her, and she called me up screaming and hollering and was upset. I went over to the house and she was upset, crying and screaming and hollering and said he was, she was going to divorce him. And I sat there and let her scream it all out. Then I finally prayed with him and talked to him and kept them together and stayed together till he got killed a few years ago. But she forgave him for what she did. Her daughter went to service and was in the army for a couple of years, come back home and got married, has two or three kids, made a beautiful young girl, young woman. But I want you to know, brother and sister in Christ, that I've seen it over. I know another lady that was in our church that was selling her little daughter to uh, some Pupwood haulers, black people, and they was letting them fool with their daughter. and. Uh, uh, for a little money every Friday evening when they got paid. And I thought that was an awful thing. She got married, but she had problems. And as far as I know, she's still married. She had a couple of kids. I won her own husband to the Lord. 
and he was a tough old boy, alcoholic, a dopehead. He'd fight anything, and I went to his house every Saturday evening, and I'd visit her and visit him. No other preacher ever went to the house and visit him, but I let him know I loved him and that God loved him, and I'd hug him. He had an old beard down to his waist, and he was a big old fella, rough as a cop, it looked like a bear. Matter of fact, I used to call him bear. I want you to know, brother and sister Christ, I got friendly with him and loved him for the Lord Jesus Christ. And one Sunday evening, he called me and asked me to meet him at the church. I was eating dinner. I just got home from church. I got up from the dinner table, went over there, led him to Christ, and baptized him the next Sunday. I want you to know, brother and sister Christ, while he was in church, he tried to live right and do right. They wanted to take his kids after he got saved from him because he had that bad habit. He used to drink, he quit it. His daddy had a beer joint right about a mile and a half from the church. That's what he was raised in. He didn't know no better. But he knew now, and he called me up and said, social workers over here want to take my kids. And I went over and talked to her, and she said, I can take these kids. I said, you can't. God will take care of you. I want you to get out of this man's house. He's been saved. His wife's saved. They're in church serving the Lord. He's not drinking no more. He's not on dope no more. He's trying to live a good Christian life. Won't you leave him alone and let him live that Christian life? She got out of there and run out there and went outside and chewed me out. And I let her chew and I laughed. But I want you to know he was in church for a long time until he got on the road of the truck. Christians are, are not to associate with drunkards. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 11, you don't have any business to run around with drunk people. And it's laughing at them, making fun of them. It is not that funny. And after a while, it'll rub off on you. I know, man, when I was in Pierre Park, Louisiana, pastor, a little church there that I've taken with about 12 people when I left it, it was running 85. But I want you to know, brothers and sisters, right? There was a man, I was outside one Saturday. Walked past my house. I talked to him, asked him about if he was saved. He said he was Catholic. I said, Did you know if he was to die right there, you'd go to heaven? He said, I, I don't know, I don't. He said, I'm an alcoholic. And my wife told me this morning that she was leaving me if I didn't quit drinking. I'm praying that I quit drinking that. So I supposedly led that man to Christ. Don't know if he got saved or not. And he left there, and I told him, I said, tell your wife you got saved. You need to come hear me preach. He never comes to church. I never seen him again. I hope he meant what he said. Fourteen, drunkenness keeps people out of heaven. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Drunkenness keeps people out of heaven. And it will. Ain't no drunkard going to make it to heaven. God ain't going to let you in. You'll die and go to hell. Sad part about it is this. You better drink all you want right now. Because when you get in hell, there ain't no water. There sure ain't no drink. Fifteenth, Jesus Christ saved drunkards. First Corinthians six eleven and Isaiah one eighteen. God got open arms. And all you have to do is ask him to forgive you of your sins. And ask him to come to your heart and save you. And he will save you. And 
if you'll let him save you. 16, the way of salvation for the whole world, including drunkards. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have life everlasting. Acts 16.30.31 says, Search what must I do to be saved? Philippians Janet to Paul and Silas. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and I shall be saved. And thy household. That means, brother, the whole family. And he went out to jail that night, went home to his house. Paul led the whole bunch of them to, to Christ, baptized him, and they all got saved because that one Philippian jailer. Man takes a drink, then the drink takes a drink, and then the drink takes a man. That's the way it is. You need to write that down if you're an alcoholic and, and put that on the wall. Put it in your car. Look at it because that's exactly the way it is. Sad part about it, if you got a family and you got children, and those children watching you drag, you're just gonna teach him how to drink. I pray for my family all the time. God don't let none of them drink. They ain't got no business in drinking. Drinking don't do nothing but cause problems. Man takes a drink, write that down. Then the drink takes a drink, write that down. Then dr drink takes a man. That's the way it's always been. When I was in the car business selling cars, we used to have a pub with all of them. I used to come to the car lot every evening and talk to my brother. He was older than me, and he lived at Hudson Creek, about five miles from us, uh, maybe ten miles from the car lot. And he'd have a two-pack of beer, he'd have a loaf of bread, and he'd have a little gallon of something to drink. And that's what he got for his kids. He had about five kids. He'd bring them home. He'd put it on the table, loaf of bread they'd share it with that drink, whatever he brought home, or milk or Coke. They drank it and ate it. I was over there one Saturday at his house when he was eating supper, dinner. And he asked me, he said, come on, little brother Jackson. You could eat with us. He had five little fish that he caught. Had it on the table with some bread, with some water. And then five kids and mama, his wife and him, was eating with that. He was drinking that beer. And I like to cry. Broke my heart. I got my truck left after I talked to him and invited him off to church. I was picking up his kids to go to church with us. And, and some of them got saved. And his wife was going to church with us. He wind up. His wife was going to leave him one day, one Saturday in his front yard. And his father was taking her and moving her out of the house with him. And he said, if you leave me, I'll kill myself. She, she says, well, I'm leaving you. And his daddy said, I'm leaving, taking her somewhere. Well, she can stay, you won't hurt her. You're drinking too much. He took a pistol out of his head. Blowed his brains out right there in front of the yard, right in front of her. She went to church, Lord. I had a church pastor at church there in Tioga. She came to church with us, brought her family with us. I love them people. I felt sorry for them. Her son, I just met him recently, working as a mechanic, helper, at a friend of mine's place. And I see him, he always come up. How you doing, Brother Jackson? 
he'll always talk to them. And he said, Mama said hi, and I tell her, tell your mama I said hello. How's your brother doing? She said, doing real good. How's your brother doing? He's an alcoholic. I married his brother. They had a booze party after I left the wedding in the front porch. I left and got out of there. That's booze all over the place. Look at I guess he's still boozing it up today. Because him and his wife was both drunks. And I don't know if they got saved. I doubt it's this if they received Christ as their personal Savior. And their blood will never be on my fingers. Facts about wine in the Bible. Wine in the Bible refers to grape juice, whether fermented or unfermented. The word wine in the Bible is not always refer intoxicating drink. It certainly was not intoxicating wine that Jesus made as recorded in John chapter 2. Water to wine at the wedding feast of Canaan. It was not intoxicating wine that Paul recommended to Timothy for his weak stomach in 1 Timothy 5.23 but simply grape juice which doctors sometimes prescribe. The Lord's Supper was not intoxicating wine but the fruit of the vine, Matthew 26, 29. I want you to know this. I love you. And God loves you. Jesus died for you, shed his precious blood, that you could be saved. I want you to know this, that if you'll bow your head, you're an alcoholic, and ask God to forgive you for sin, ask him to come to heart and save you. He'll do that right now. Save you, you'll be a new man, a new woman, and your family will know the difference in getting a good Bible, believe in church, get baptized, start living for Jesus Christ. A person that's an alcoholic gets saved, start living for Jesus, can bring a lot of people in church that I couldn't, couldn't reach because they know how they were. That's what we had some of my church to do. Bow your head, close your eyes, and ask Jesus to come in your heart and save you. Ask him to forgive you of your sins and open up door your heart for him. So the only way he's going to come in, he's not going to be an intruder. And I hope and pray by the grace of God that somebody's listening to it if you're an alcoholic or a lost person, that you give your heart to Jesus. And let me know. I'm going to still pray for you. God bless you. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogue, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself.